This is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman from the Premier Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Bill provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman. Welcome to the Big O Money Show with me, Bill Altman, my co-host, Tony Shore, right here from the Premier Advisory Group, right in Omaha, Nebraska. We're in, I call it Central Omaha now, Tony, right here on 114th and Dodge in the Miracle Hills uh, Business District, right? They're doing some renovations down the street. If you listen to that Grow Omaha show, which is a pretty darn good show, they talk about that sometimes in some yes. different projects. So, well, and it needed to that uh, whole Perkins development area down by uh, 114th and Dodge on the corner there needed some serious redevelopment. So, we're glad to see that's happening. That's good. That's good economic news, right? Um, yeah, Tony's huge. grandfather. We all want to wish Tony and his family condolences and prayers and thoughts and all that for his grandfather, his Bob, who we've had a show on Bob before. Bob passed away last week. Right. Yeah, actually. Yeah, actually, as of the recording of the show this week on Monday. Yeah. Mon- okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, so he passed away and he is uh, he was 101 years old. Yeah. And he died of old age. Yeah. The doctor said his body just gave out. His mind was still sharp and he wasn't in pain. His body just gave out. Yeah. And I asked Tony uh, this morning here, I said, do you uh, are you sad? And he said, no. He said, uh, how can I be sad for someone that's lived the best life or whatever you said? Yeah. I mean, the do- even the doctor said, this is, you know, this is everyone's dream to live a long life and not have, you know, he never had cancer. He uh, didn't have, you know, he had one stroke, but he was never in that. He was never in pain. He had his mental capacity all the way and he lived a long, happy life. I mean, two months ago, he was camping in his he- new camper. And he went to buy a new camper at 101 years old. Yes. Yep. That's amazing. In March, he bought a new camper to use this and they built a wooden ramp for him. My dad and his brother built a ramp so he could get up in his wheelchair into the camper and him and his wife went camping. They, in fact, they spent most of the summer at the campground and then (laughs) between there and the house. And then eventually he had to go into the assisted living because she needed help with him because he he had a hard time getting in and out of bed. And then eventually he just, just couldn't keep eating or, uh, stay awake. And they just said, okay, you're in hospice now. And two weeks later he passed in his sleep. I talked to him Saturday. I talked to him literally two days before we had an hour long conversation. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, very good, Tony. Um, and again, our condolences for grandpa Bob in Worthington, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Service will be uh, held tomorrow, Monday. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Uh, and that kind of leads me to this, you know, so what do you think about living to a hundred years old? You know, if you retire at 65 years old and you're going to, I mean, you know, 35 more years. Yeah. Right. And that's 35 years of retirement. That's 35 years of savings, 35 years of social security. Right. Yep. And yep. maybe Bob was a little different because, uh, Bob was a farmer 
And so he's, he probably didn't retire at 65 years old, right? He did not. No. Yeah. Right. And he was still, I mean, he was still getting on tractors and stuff as within the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he was actively farming into his seventies, but then when he finally stopped farming in his eighties uh, and just leased the land, to other farmers, he still worked around the farm and still got on the tractor. Him and my dad were digging t- in his not. He was 90 out there with my dad digging tile in his nineties. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's impressive. And I think yeah. that's a huge, uh, you, you know, it's a, it, that's a re that's the reason right there that you stay active. Yes. Right. And if you do want to live that long life, your, your best chances of doing so are probably to stay active in a good way, in a healthy way. Yeah. You have to have purpose. You have to have goals, purpose. And he always had goals. You know, he wanted to, you know, this year we're going to visit this national park. And I mean, at 95, he's saying these things. So, right. and he found a way to keep going. And only, only the last two years or a year and a half since his, he had a stroke. And so the right side stopped working really well. And he taught himself to paint with his left hand and he and just he, still did painting yeah, and, it's and incredible scenery. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, still got out on the farm and did stuff. I mean, it's just and went camping and bought a new camper at 101. He bought a new camper. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and so that goes to say too, that it, I, I think it's important that people understand that there is still that long-term sense and we have to think in that direction. Sure. Right. Now and we it's have usually to be, women that live longer like that, but uh, yep. he, he was an exception to that rule as well. But People yep. are living longer and longer. So you need to plan for it is what you're saying. You need to plan for it. Now, the, the bottom line is we just don't know. We can take an educated guess of what's going to happen right? Sure. based on family history and, and, yep. and your own personal health. And, and then we can look at life expectancies. If life expectancy yeah. for 65 year olds is average of 83, 84 years old, then, mm-hmm. then we know that, you know, that th- we know that we know average life expectancy of all the people that die, you know what I mean? Right. But that's not, uh, th- th- it's really difficult to single that down to a, a specific person. Right. So when we're right. looking at maximizing social security benefits, yeah. I mean, if you think about that and we just use standard life expectancy for everybody, I don't think it really gives you a fair shot. I think it's no. important to look at it, but sometimes we have to override that standard life expectancy because you say, you know what, I'm really healthy and, and my family's really healthy and my parents were really healthy and they lived in the 90s, 100 years old, and maybe there's probably a good chance, even though my, my life expectancy is only 84, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we have to look at that, look at how we're investing for that. Um, we don't, we certainly don't want to run out of money. We certainly don't want to lose all our money in the, in the market or a poor investment. We, uh, you know, and that's why it's really good to have balance. It's good to have guaranteed income, right? You know, your social securities and your pensions that you rely on so much. I mean, how incredibly important yeah. um, is that money to you that it keeps coming in as planned, as scheduled? And it scares us when we when we hear from social security or, or different right. politicians or economists that say social security is going to run out or it's going to be reduced. I think it's a very, that's a very scary thing for many people. I, yeah, I, I personally believe that it's a little bit overblown because our country has been so good at uh, a Robin Peter to pay Paul. Right? Sure. I think that's, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, and and so I just fair- even, I just even heard Bill, sorry to interrupt, but I just heard that, um, you know, they have the social security tax is capped at, I think $147,000 of income and anything over that or about that in the 140s 
if you make over 140 some thousand dollars a year at that point, you don't have to pay into social security on the rest of that money you make. Um, that's right. And, and I, but I read an article, if they lifted that or even increased that cap, that would cover, that would make social security solvent for another 75 years just by wow. making that one change. And, you know, right. especially when you consider people who make, you know, you, you, you've got the Warren Buffett's, the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk, the, all the professional athletes who, you know, people who are making millions of dollars a year, if you made them pay a bit more, uh, in social security, uh, then, uh, that would solve that problem instead of having that cap. So they'll increase that cap, I bet. Cause that's a, that's a pretty easy fix and not too many people are going to fight against that. Although if you are wealthy or make, you know, let's say you make $500,000 a year, a million dollars a year, uh, and you're going to have to pay social security tax on all that income. Uh, but you're still the social security checks you'll get when you retire are still capped at $3,200 or whatever. So, so I think that's going to change though, that cap. The, yeah. So I think if you do contribute and you're going to get it back, I don't think they can make a legal, uh, uh, uh I just don't think they could object to the other, uh, the other side of it. So I do think if they're going to, but there's not enough people, the amount of money that will come in, there'll be, it'll be so much more. Right. And keeping it solvent right. for those 75 years. I, I read that yeah. too. Another thing that they can do is take that tax, um, uh, the tax cap, so right now, as a, a married couple, if you make over $44,000 a year um, in retirement, then uh, 85% of your Social Security benefits are taxable. So that's the calculation. So 15% for everybody right now, 15% of your Social Security benefits are tax-free. They could easily take that to 100 and say, hey, if you're making over 100 grand a year or whatever the number, 44 grand uh -huh. a year, whatever they want to put in there, then 100% of them are taxable. Um, yeah. Instead of only 85% of them are taxable. Cause right now there are some people that pay zero taxation on their social security benefits. Right. They pay right. 50% of their benefits are taxable. And then some that pay a lot, most really 85% of their benefits are taxable. So there's all these different levers that they're going to be able to move to make sure that they keep that program in yeah, place and, and bump up full retirement age if they wanted to without a doubt 67 to 68 or, and we'll yeah. probably see that happen too, you know, and yeah. it's just an, and, and we've, and we've seen that happen. Why do we think it's going to happen? Cause we've seen it happen before. It probably will repeat itself. We've sure. seen social security taxes when, uh, when FDR was given his famous fireside chats back in the thirties and social security started in 1940 from 1940 to 1983, there was zero taxation on social security benefits. Yeah. In it wasn't fact, taxed until 84. Right. In fact, he promised the American people that it would never be taxable, but we know that the, that changes from administration to administration and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Right. So then, in, so then, yeah, in, in, in 83, the law came out and they said, you know, this following year here, 50% of your benefits are going to be taxable. 50% are going to be tax free. And then they decided uh, just 10 years later in 93, that it was going to uh, in, increase or add a bracket. Now, yeah. if you're making, you know, uh, above, the, the mid thirties or, or the mid forties single or married, then 85% of your benefits are taxable. So that's changed. Right. Um, and, and so again, we'll see that. So again, the levers that they move, um, but you need to also create your own income streams. And I know you are creating your social security and I know you're creating your pension. I get that, but that's kind of like a, 
a mandatory deal for the most part, right? Unless we're willing right. to cash under the table or something like that. You contribute sure. to some type of uh, social security system, whether it's railroad benefits, standard social security, Army Corps of Engineers, uh, some type of uh, law enforcement have different pensions in lieu of social security. But the bottom line is um, there's something that you have to, unless you're doing it illegally, contribute to the social security system, right? Yep. And Medicare yep. system. For everybody. And so and you get that back out. So, but how about creating one on your own, right? How about you take money of your own and create some pension and you can start really early. You can start when you, right. When you start working, you know, as a kid or whatever, so create Seriously. your own personal pension Yeah, and put money into a pot, just like you do for a 401k, but, but putting money into a, a, a different bucket, a, an income bucket, one you want for income that you're going to trigger that income at some point, or if you're retiring, uh, you could take a lump sum, you have a pension, a half a million dollar pension, you know, take a quarter of that or half of that and put it into an income producing uh, vehicle that will yep. guarantee lifetime income for you, right? And that's your other pension. It's another bucket of money, another income stream that you can absolutely rely on. Uh, and, and those are things that you kind of need to do. I mean, basically what we're talking about here, Bill, is creating retirement income and creating your own personal pension because the majority of our listeners out there don't have pensions. Now, some of them are fortunate enough to be government workers or teachers who have pensions, and there are still a couple of large companies who may offer their employees some type of pension, but the guarantees aren't quite as, you know, what they used to be. And um, It's changing because lifetime income is expensive to create. And that's yeah, all there is to it, especially you know? with people living longer. I mean, when people live to 65, 70, right. Everybody, every company could offer a pension, but uh, with people like my grandfather who, you know, the social security administration lost money on him. I mean, they, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. And that's why we have, you know, that that's why they use the standard life expectancy tables, actuarial tables, right. That yeah. calculate benefits to see how long, because on average that works, but none of us are, quote unquote, or I shouldn't say none of us, but the majority of us aren't average, right? We're going to die before or after that standard life expectancy at some point. And it's just important that you recognize that, recognize that one size doesn't fit all. And we have to take many factors into, into consideration. Like I, you know, just saying you just retired from, just retired from work. Let's say I have a, I have a client who just retired as a teacher. She was a special ed teacher for a lot of years and retired and was ready to do some traveling and all that kind of fun stuff and super nice, fun lady. And we get her social security benefits turning on and she's not full retirement age yet. So she does have a penalty if she makes too much money over about 19 grand a year. She makes more than that. 1630 a month is what it is. 1630. If she makes over that before age 67, and she's penalized 50 cents on the dollar for every dollar over 1630. Okay. So a lot of people go back to work in retirement nowadays. Or... And then she, she called me yeah. this week and she says, Bill, I got a job. Oh. I said, I, I said, Hey, we just turned on your social security benefits. How much <laughs> yeah. are you going to be making? She's like, well, it's just a more of a part-timer and like a kind of a light role at a school and back in the same type of capacity, but not as much and blah, blah, blah. She'll actually be making under that number, which is good. Oh, but you know, yeah. you know, but then it was like, well, I'm going to be making enough social security and I'll have this job and, and we we're going to take distributions out of her IRA as well. Right. To meet her income needs. Mm-hmm. Well, the IRA distributions were really equaling 
the, the pay from work. So now we shut the IRA distributions. Do we shut the social security off or do we shut the IRA distributions off? Right. And we chose to shut the IRA distributions Depends off. Depends on which will earn yeah. more per year. Well, In social security, you have a guaranteed growth rate each year you wait well, to file. Right. And right now we also have really high inflation, which leads to high cost of living adjustments. They talk about like 9.1% this year as a cost of living adjustment to social security. Last year was 5.9%. But if we take out of the IRA, we're going to be paying tax on that money, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Out of the social security at her income levels, we're only going to be paying, uh, we're at the 50% bracket. So 50% of her benefits are taxable at ordinary income and 50% are tax free. Yeah. Only half her social security benefits are taxed. Right. And so it's, it comes back to the bird in the hand, right? And she's super healthy. It seems like, and I don't think, you know, who, who, again, you only have 12 months. You only can uh, reverse your filing of social security once. Right. And you can only do it in the first 12 months and you have to pay back everything. So it's a little That's tricky. Right. right. And it's, you know, and it's like for all the times I've helped people file for social security, I cannot count on one hand how many times we've turned it around, you know, and canceled the benefits. So it's yeah. one of those deals where, it's like, oh boy, you know, but, but anyway, yeah. work through, you just don't ever know. And that's the whole thing. People have to understand that, you know, that if you do this, this will happen. There's actions and consequences, right? And so right. we have to make sure that, that you get it, you know, what's going on and you're preparing. Um, you know, we saw uh, union strikes, right? Railroad union strikes, pretty wild. That's still going on. Oh, it's not a hundred percent ratified. We had some reject, you know, one major union reject. We had two major unions accept, um, um, but they did, I believe from what I read, they did agree not to strike um, yet. So the delay of the strike, which is good, right? Right. Well, you know, and and it's important. Tony mentioned here in Omaha, well, geez, we have a lot of railroad action here in Omaha. Well, yes, we do, but we also have... um, goods that need to be delivered. So it's not just Omaha. This is a countrywide, uh, countrywide deal that it's going to yeah. affect. Oh, it time, would affect right? the entire country drastically if that had happened. And international, you know, I know we don't drive a train across the, across the, the, the pond there. Um, but we do pick up freight. Oh yeah. That's the thing that that's the problem with our supply chain issues after COVID is the you know, the ports, uh, all those big, um, all those big uh, containers, shipping containers are loaded on, uh, uh, trains and trucks and trains are a, a big part of it. I think over half of them, uh, or about 50% of them go on trains. Right. Uh, and so that would cause a problem and another backup because they can't find enough truck drivers. And then if the train industry strike at the same time, wow. Right. That would be yeah. devastating to our infrastructure. And we have, you know, another three quarters base, another, another three quarters of a point, 75 basis points, yep. uh, interest rate hike here. Uh, we're going to see that it seems. Yeah. We're going to see, uh, you know, we're going to see more market turbulence just like we saw Tuesday. We saw, you know, 1200 points down on the Dow. Uh, it, just wild 4% mm-hmm. off on the NASDAQ alone. 3% off on the Dow, 3% off pretty much on the S&P. I'm rounding here, folks. But, you know, it, it is volatile, and we talked about that last week. That's why last week we didn't spend a whole lot of time on 
on markets. You know, it's just because like I told Tony, sometimes you read news and you read it so much, it just gets depressing. Right. And I talked to so many clients. It's like, I don't even watch the news anymore. People say that. And it was, it's not now. This is when markets were good too. Yeah. Cause every time they open the paper, every time they turn on the TV, it's just some type of spin of news, like inflation data. And it's usually very negative and very dark. It, well, yeah. yeah, and we saw inflation data come out. Well, I saw inflation data come out mixed. That's how I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the media didn't see it that way. The media saw it come out in the worst possible way. But the bottom yeah. line is core inflation came down, right? Or core yeah. inflation went, went up, excuse me, core inflation went up a little bit. CPI came down. CPI, yeah. Yeah, because why did it come down? Well, food and energy have come down a little bit, especially yep. energy and what, 28% off its highs or whatever and back from June. Yeah. And we've seen that. Well, why, why is food and energy excluded from core inflation? Because it's so incredibly volatile. Right. We know that, but you know what else we saw? Producer price index. What it, what's costing a producer to produce, right? The price that they're paying to produce their goods before it hits market that has come down. Right. And, and, and that's great. And so, so it's like mixed reviews, but you open the newspaper, you, 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 and I still do, I read a paper newspaper. It's, yep. you know, I know people don't do that anymore, but I still do old school. Yep. Here. Every, every, every week before the show, you've got your paper out in front of you. I mean, you read it every day, but especially before yep. the show, we're looking at what's, what happened yesterday. Yeah. I read the wall street journal six days a week. And I read the Omaha world Herald, uh, five days a week, you know, and, and it's more to keep me up to, up to date on what's going on right. than anything. Right. Yep. Um, it, it, but the bottom line is no matter what we see, it's all negative news for the most part, always, you know, there's very rarely, but, and so we have to keep that into perspective. We have to keep in perspective that 73% of market years in the S and P 500 since 1926 have been positive years. So we have to keep those type of things going right. And know that we stay invested in good companies. When we're invested, we invest in good stuff. You know, people, you know, lose their minds with Bitcoin and all that. Well, yeah, it was always volatile. I remember being on Chris Baker's show back several years ago here when Bitcoin was just getting its hype, right? And he's like, what do you think? And I was like, I don't think much of it. I think it's going to be super volatile and it's going to, and, and some people get very rich on it and some people will go broke on it and jump out of windows. And sure enough, yeah. that's exact, that exactly what has happened. Yep. Is it a real thing? Well, yes, it's a real thing. I think, right. Yeah. I don't understand it well enough for me to personally invest or advise a client to invest in it, but yeah, right. it's digital. It's, it, it's a digital token, a digital currency, basically. Right. It's a way to right. encrypt files and it's monetizing that. You yep. know, so again, so many things going on. Uh, bigomoney.com is our website, Tony. So bigomoney.com. And you can also give a, get our office a call. We have Medicare uh, season coming up here right around the corner. Bill yeah. Kaiser and Brenda Dinan on Medicare. We and we'll represent, have them on the show coming up here. Yeah, we represent most major uh, carriers out there. So get your best possible plan. And we'll have all kinds of community events right here in the office. So pay attention to that website. Uh, again, 402-557-6730 right here in Omaha. 402 402- Five five seven sixty seven thirty big o money dot com. Have a wonderful week, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, thanks, Bill. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Big O Money Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Bill Altman at the Premier Advisory Group. Call four zero two five five seven six seven three zero or visit their website at 
P-A-R-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Bill Altman and the Premier Advisory Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.